What's up? It's Mary, and welcome to the Fintech X podcast, the podcast where we talk about the fintech experience and your experience with fintech, personal finance, and wait for it, Bitcoin. If you've been following me for a while, that probably wasn't much of a surprise. <laughs> I've been on a one-year hiatus, and this gave me the opportunity to rethink everything. And my when I say everything, I mean everything. By the way, what do you think about the new intro music? I want to give a huge shout out to Sherwin Maxino for giving this lovely new tune that we have now on the podcast. I really appreciate you. Anyway, back to the matter of the day. I've always been a fan of fintech apps, and I'm fascinated about how these apps can help you work a lot smarter with your money. But I've also fallen in love with Bitcoin, and I've been thinking of ways to merge these two loves of mine into one without, I don't know, having the need to start a new podcast from scratch. Because I mean, I built quite an audience on this podcast, and I really am. So grateful for all those who have been listening and re-listening the podcast episodes that I have on the show, and I really, I don't know, I I don't think I'm ready to start a new podcast from scratch because I I think I've probably started, uh, I think about three or four podcasts of mine already, and this is probably the fourth one. And I don't think I want to start a brand new podcast for myself from the beginning. No, I, I don't. I don't think I want to do that. Anyway, so what's changed? Like on this podcast, I'm still going to talk about conventional fintech apps and then relate them to personal finance, which is something I love doing. But you will hear me talk more about Bitcoin-based fintech applications and make commentaries about them. Whether you like it or not, I'm going to be adding Bitcoin to the fintech conversations here. If there's one thing that hasn't changed, it's my goal to help people understand their fintech apps better and use them in the best way possible to improve their finances. That hasn't changed. It will be interesting, however, to see how I'll be able to balance Bitcoin and non-Bitcoin related fintech apps. So it's going to be, I don't know. It's gonna be, it's gonna be different. That I can tell you. We're gonna be talking about Bitcoin-related fintech apps and conventional fintech apps, and we're gonna talk about both of them lovingly. And I mean, we're, they're just gonna have to be friends on this platform. <laughs> But I believe if you're someone who wants to get serious about your personal finance, I don't think you'll be able to adequately do that without Bitcoin, and that's a fact, right? I mean, in 2015, I came across Bitcoin, didn't quite understand it, dropped it, sold all my Bitcoin, and it was only until I started understanding personal finance a lot more that I realized that I needed what I needed all this while was actually Bitcoin. So anyway, let's just see what happens. But what should you expect from this podcast now that I'm adding some Bitcoin in it? Well, with this new rendition of the fintech X, I'll be introducing interviews. I mean, I've had I think about two interviews on this podcast in season two, so it'll be really nice to, you know, keep it up in season three. 
I'll also have solo shows where I do app reviews and commentary and talk about personal finance and Bitcoin. I, you know, I mean, we've been doing that for a while and I think, I think that can stay. <laughs> so what will the posting schedule be like? So how often should you expect my podcast interviews to come, right? I mean, I've, I've had this thought and as much as I'd love to publish a podcast episode once a week, um, I found out that it's not quite sustainable. I'm, I'm into a lot of things right now. I'm currently running two podcasts and this one makes it my third podcast that I'm hosting. And I'm also going to be running my own YouTube channel and playing games on Twitch. So there's already a lot of content being created uh, with me needing to be personally, physically present and in front of a camera or in front of a microphone. So it's going to be really hard for me to, you know, produce a podcast on the Fintech X like every week. So my life is literally pretty content heavy already. So I decided to publish two podcast episodes a month. And I'm going to be starting that from August 2022. And I'll be publishing a brand new episode every first and third Friday of the month. One would be an interview and the other one would be a solo show. I guess you get to hear a new voice on the show and then you hear my own voice. And so that you don't get bored of me. <laughs> so fingers crossed, I'll stick to the schedule. Like fingers crossed, that is my biggest prayer. So now that I've come back from this long hiatus, I have picked up a couple of lessons on the way relating to fintech. And I just wanted to share with you some of these lessons that I gathered in the past year. So going straight into the number one, right? It's okay to optimize your collection of fintech apps. Now, what I mean by this is that at the time of recording this podcast episode, I have 21 fintech apps on my phone. I, I kid you not. I literally had to count them again, maybe three times to be very sure. And I have 21 fintech apps. It's just absolutely insane. So when I say optimize your collection of fintech apps, maybe you're like me. Maybe you've been collecting fintech apps because you thought, oh, it's going to help me in one way. I want to be financially, uh, I want to be like financially knowledgeable. I want to make sure I invest in so many things. Um, or I'm using this app to help me in this thing. Or maybe you're like me who likes compartmentalizing her savings and investments, right? I just found out that it's best to just stick with apps that make it easier for you to achieve your financial goal and stay consistent with your practice. Okay, stick with the apps that make it easy for you to achieve your financial goal, stay consistent with your practice and give you the best returns, right? It's not necessary that you have all the apps um, on your phone. You can pick a couple of them that help you achieve your financial goals. And really this depends on the kind of person you are, your, um, your, like how, how you've been able to train yourself to be consistent, um, with your finances. Sometimes we need a little bit of help in one app. One fintech app does that better than the others. So I just decided that, Hey, I can't, as much as I love having fintech apps on my phone and how I use them and, and check them out and give my own thoughts and comments on them, I 
it's just not sustainable for me to keep all 21 of these fintech apps, even though I could conveniently give each of them a separate purpose and, you know, service-specific role, right? I just decided that, look, I guess I can just skinny down and choose the ones that would work for me, that would help me achieve my financial goals, stay consistent with them, and also give me the best returns. Because some of these fintech apps have, like, um, better rate of returns than others and and look maybe rate of returns is not your thing but whatever be the case like i said um i think in one of my podcast episodes that personal finance is personal so don't just say i'm using this app because my friend said it's a cool app does it actually help you is it actually something that is keeping you consistent with your um, personal finance journey. Now, this, the second lesson I learned is that not every app works for everybody. And this is huge because, like I said earlier, personal finance is personal and it's best to use fintech apps that cater for your needs and peculiarities, right? I mentioned in the past about my spending problem. And when I talk about spending problem, I mean that for some weird reason, I had this tendency of spending my money on other people, right? And it was so bad that I started budgeting for other people's demands or requests or future requests. um, And I had nothing and absolutely nothing left over. It was such a problem that I had to tell my sister to hide my ATM card or to... Um, hold a certain sum of money in cash for me because I knew that if I had that money available somehow, whether it's in a card or whether I had it in cash, I was going to spend it on the next person who opens their mouth and says, hey, or just says, hey, Mary. And before I knew, I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to get this person a gift. I want to take them out. I want to buy them drinks. I want to like it's it was so bad. I had it was a terrible problem. And then I realized that there were some apps that encouraged my spending habit. And using those apps was just going to be, um, was going to just make my spending problem worse. And so in order for me to solve my spending problem, aside from like working in the mindset and all those other things, I had to choose apps that were focused solely on investment only, or they had a lot of features that meant that I could like lock my money away for a certain time. And if I broke the lock, they had like, I had to pay for a fine, right? The heavier the fine, the better. And so I started looking for apps that would help me, you know, keep my money inside the app and not give me reason to spend money out, like spend the money on the app. So if you have a spending problem or if you had, you have a spending problem like I did, you know, it's best to just stay away of and uh, like stay away from any app that will move you to spend. Like, for example, um, your banking apps aren't like the best apps to use if you have a spending problem because on the banking app, you can, you know, buy um, recharge vouchers, you can pay your bills, you can do all these other things, some help you recharge, you know, your Netflix and all those other stuff, Um, DSTV, whatever, whatever. Those are things, those are, that's a fintech app that is literally encouraging you to spend. Um, If you use Abeg, like Abeg is a social app and social, like a, uh, 
a social financial app. I think that's the word. Uh, they have re- they always have reasons for you to spend. Like they now have a store on there. You can send money to someone. It's just ex- extremely convenient. It's not something that encourages you to stay save or keep your money for a long time. So I realized that there were some apps that encouraged me to sp- to spend more than save or invest. And so I had to either stop using those apps or redefine the purpose of that app. So if so just check in with yourself. What kind of person are you? Are you the kind of person that spends a lot or are you the saving type? And choose an app that helps you solve your problem if you have one or helps you stay on track with your financial goals, right? If you want to continue saving or continue investing, is that app actually encouraging you to do so? Or is it encouraging you to spend more? So those are the type of questions that you would ask yourself. Those are the kind of things that would should help inform you on the kind of app that you should have on your phone. Okay, so th- that brings me to the third lesson. The third lesson is it's more or less useless to have these fintech apps and expect to improve your finances if you don't understand money. I can't begin to tell you how many people out there have these fintech apps in their phone, but they do not understand anything about money. And that is where the problem is, really. And like, for example, the thing that really changed my life in terms of my personal finance and my knowledge in personal finance, it's the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Uh, it's an amazing book, 100% rec- recommend. It was written by Robert Kiyosaki and it was, it's written in a fun way. So it's not like some, you know, boring business book. It's actually a really fun book with, with really good stories in there that will help you understand, um, what assets and liability is, how money works and all that. Like, that is the book that literally opened my eyes to, you know, money and the dynamics of money. And so, you could have all these fintech apps, right? They're not going to perform magic unless you understand how money works and, you know, work on your financial um, knowledge or financial intelligence, right? There are people who idly use fintech apps hoping that they'll miraculously make more profits without really understanding the asset they're investing in. Like this is what happens a lot when I tell people about, you know, investing or rather saving in Bitcoin. They're like, oh, I saved in Bitcoin before, but I didn't get a return on it, blah, 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 blah. This is not, I don't know how to put this. It's not, you're not, you're not playing, you're not betting your money on anything. Ah, I'm just looking for the right words. A fintech app is not something you put your money in and just expect to get like millions in a day. That's not how it works. And there are some fintech companies that advertise it to be that way you know like up to xyz amount and rate of returns or blah 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 like you have them advertising that way but really that's far from the truth and that's why it's so important for you to like understand how money works because when you understand how money works you get to see that you know compound interest is your friend you know you get to see that when you are uh, investing your finances is something that you do for the long term. It's not a short term thing. It's not a hit or miss. It's not, you know, you're not gambling. You're not in a casino or whatever, right? 
you are legit here to grow your your grow your wealth and growing your wealth takes time the richest people in the world right now that we love and adore and you know talk about on the streets or whatever they did not come across their money overnight these are guys who have been putting their money like investing their money using their money wisely over a long period of time before they got to where they are today that i mean and that is that happened for a reason but if you're going to continue like downloading these apps when they say xyz percent rate of return blah 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 and you don't understand how money works you're just i mean you can't expect magic to happen just because you downloaded downloaded an app you can't just go out there and complain that it's not working because you refuse to understand how money works or the asset you're investing works it just that's just not how it's done uh, i remember this funny thing that happened to me when i was very new in the whole personal finance thing i was still learning about money there was a time so a friend of mine introduced me to mutual funds like that was my first ever investment and um she was like oh you get like 18% interest and that's where what she said 80% interest in my head i was like 18% interest oh my gosh that is so good um and this is way back 2017 right then inflation was low we didn't have all this you know the naira i live in lagos nigeria and the naira wasn't like devaluing or it wasn't devaluing at the astronomical rate that it is now and I was like, oh my gosh, 18%. And I interpreted it like 18% per month, right? And I was like, I calculated how long it would take me to double my money. I mean, I thought, oh my gosh, this is like a jackpot. Why haven't I been investing my entire life? And the first month came, the second month passed, the third month passed. I was like, man, why aren't I getting like 80% back? Like, is this bank a scam? Um, and then I realized when I was talking to a friend of mine that it's not 18% interest per month, it's 18% interest per year. And I was like, oh, well, that sucks. <laughs> and that was just me. I was like really new in the space then. I didn't understand anything. But that was a huge learning experience for me. And now I don't miss it. Like if you say 14%, I'll be 14% what? <laughs> um, or 18%, I'll say 18% what per annum, per year? Are you spreading across nine months? How does this thing even work? And yeah, that, that's just that's just it. It's not, fintech apps aren't a magical tool that you put money in and before you know it, you are a millionaire the next day. It's not, that's not how it works, right? Um, there's demand, supply, there is market forces, there's financial policies behind all this thing. There are taxes, there is inflation, there's deflation, there's devaluation. A lot of things are happening at the same time that is affecting the money that you put in the bank or wherever that's affecting the asset that you put your money into and all that. The fintech application is just a tool to help you access these um, asset classes so that you can in turn work towards your financial freedom. It doesn't happen overnight. And yeah, those are the three lessons I learned um, during my one-year hiatus. They were like really great reminders of the reason why I'm a huge fan of finance and why I feel it's so important as a young person to start thinking about your personal finance and taking things seriously. I'm still learning and um, I'm 
here and I'm happy to like share my thoughts and with you, hence the podcast. And so it's so good to be back, really. And I'm so grateful that you've been listening to the podcast and you have, and thank you so much for reaching out and asking, what's up? I've not seen a new episode. When is it coming out? Thank you so much for doing that. And here I am recording this episode. Um, this is season three, episode one. And it feels so good to be back. And I really hope that the lessons I learned during my one-year hiatus um, will be helpful to you too. So just a quick recap. Lesson one is it's okay to optimize your collection of fintech apps. If you have 21 apps or more like me, it's okay to skinny down and choose the ones that will work for you. That will help you get closer to your financial goal. Lesson two, not every app works for everybody. Like just because your friend recommended fintech app one doesn't mean that fintech app app one is the app for you, right? It could work the same way, but because you and your, your, like you and your friend have your own peculiarities and relationships with money and, um, what could work for them might not work for you. Still amazing apps though, but it just doesn't fit the kind of person you are and the kind of like financial lessons or financial help that you need or the level of consistency that you need on your financial journey. And lesson three, it's more or less useless to have these fintech apps and expect to improve your finances if you do not understand money. And that is like key. If I were to uh, rearrange these lessons, I would put number three as number one. I don't know why I didn't do that while I was, you know, preparing for this podcast episode, but hey, I guess I just left the best for last. Um, So yeah, try as much as you can to understand money, understand the asset that you're investing in. If you decide to go with shares, understand how it works, what company it is. And um, if you decide to go with Bitcoin, understand how Bitcoin works and why it's really good to, you know, be consistent in it. And that is what keeps you focused. That is what keeps you consistent with your goal, right? We're currently in a bear market as I'm recording this episode, we are facing recession. Different countries are, have recorded their record highs in inflation, some over 50 years, some more than that. And I mean, it's, it's the sooner we learn about money and the different assets that you can invest in, the better for you. Um, hence my reason to include Bitcoin in the FinTech X and talk more about Bitcoin on the FinTech X podcast, because I feel that if you are working towards, you know, financial freedom is so important to incorporate Bitcoin to that mix as well, because Bitcoin to me, from all I've learned in the past year is like the only asset that has, you know, shown great promise over every other one. Um, most especially in the area of giving everybody financial autonomy. And I think that for me is something that no asset ever created was able to achieve until Bitcoin came along. So yeah, those are my thoughts. And if you have any questions, comments, or concern, feel free to send me a tweet at the fintech x that's at t-h-e-f-i-n-t-e-c-h-x and while you're at it follow us on instagram at the fintech x that's t-h-e-f-i-n-t-e-c-h-x and i'll see you in the next episode